And it is, it's super important. I mean, I consider fun a discipline that we, and you and I, as, as people who identify as Enneagram 7, most closely related to that number of the others, uh, we kind of honestly come by this a little more naturally. That, my friends, is Annie F. Down, New York Times bestselling author and the author of the new children's book, What Sounds Fun to You. And since it's a children's book, what better way to hear about the book than by having my children join me for the podcast? We're going to start with my middle daughter, Adeline Norsworthy, asking some questions. That's literally right around the corner. And then uh, my youngest daughter, Audrey, is going to jump on the podcast as well. And uh, I I hope you like it. I mean, if you hate my kids, then you can just fast forward the first five minutes uh, if you don't want to listen to Adeline. But I mean, that's kind of on you. It's kind of a mean thing to do. But uh, this podcast, we're helping... Adeline said, how does that make you feel if they're going to skip hearing you ask questions? Does it make you... I'm very offended. She's very offended, so don't do that. Um, Here's the podcast. We're helping you navigate faith in the modern world by teaching you about the discipline of fun and how you got to do it. So without further ado, here is my daughter, Adeline, and Annie F. Downs doing the podcast. And then I join after. Here we go. Luke, can your child be on Insta Story? (gasps) Adeline, hi! Why are you talking so quietly? Are we strangers? Try it again. What's happening? Hi. It was in my car. Hi. How are you? Good. Uh, what's happening, Luke? We just finished reading the book, and we have a couple questions. First one is about the rabbits. Oh, I'm so ready. How many rabbits were there? <laughs> oh, okay. So on the page, there's a page where you have to find how many bunnies are are eating the carrots or something. Is that what it is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, hold on, let me look. What's, what answer did you find, Adeline? Two. Yeah, I think you're right. Was there an argument in the family? I, I think we're on the same page, but we just wanted confirmation. I think it's page this number right here. I know. Yeah, it's the... It's the, um, it's the it is for sure the farming page. And I think there are two rabbits. That's all I've ever been able to find. Though there is also a mouse on this page. Do you see the mouse, oh, Adeline? See the mouse? Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You okay, see of it. all the things she listed. Um, a lot of people mistake the bunny, the bunny, the mouse for a bunny. People say three because they think there's, but that's a mouse. That's fair. Hey, so of all the stuff she listed off, what sounded most fun to you, Adeline? <gasps> that was going to be my question to Adeline. Um, doing cartwheels <laughs> oh I know that's right gymnastics girl you like that page where they were doing cartwheels mm-hmm. is there anything I forgot in the book that sounds fun to you that I should have added uh, Bible oh reading the Bible <laughs> fair fair that's a good answer she also had a question about said? did you say the Bible she said volleyball or the Bible Oh, sorry. I thought she said the Bible. Volleyball. Adeline, you should have corrected me, sis. Well, the Bible and volleyball are both important in this house. You did did also mention, like, when you're going to church, it could sound fun to, like, sing songs and, like, say hi to your friends. But what did she not mention of things that are fun at church? Preaching. (laughs) Oh, preaching. Right. Sorry. Listening to dad's sermons. There are a lot of kids that get to preach. Is that fun for you, Adeline? Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay in the background just said like donuts. Eating daddy. donuts at church is what Lindsay said was. Oh yeah, yeah. she's right. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Did you, have Adeline? What you? did you like? How I signed your book at the? Did you see how I signed the book when we mailed it to you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. I wanted to make sure you saw that I sent it to my mermaid sisters. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any questions for her? Um. No. What sounds fun? Uh, what sounds fun to you? Oh, thank you so much for asking, Adeline. What sounds fun to you? know what would really sound fun to me? We need to have a movie night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Will you talk about how we do our movie nights when we do them, even though you live in Texas and I live in Tennessee? Well, we FaceTime each other, and then yep. we, we pick a movie, and then we start the movie at the same time. And then we get yep. to talk to each other about the movie while the movie's playing at the same time. 
That's right. So we leave our computers open on Face or our phones open on FaceTime. We start the movie. We we do take intermissions. Intermission. We sometimes stop in the middle of the movie so we can talk about stuff. Yep. Yeah. What would what should our next movie be, sis? Um, ten Rings. <laughs> the Ten Rings. That's a Marvel. movie. I don't know movie. what the Ten Rings is. <laughs> Which let's it's pre- a what? Mm. Let's pretend like that wasn't what she just said. Uh, let's say Dumbo. We like to watch kids' movies that are always appropriate and age-appropriate especially. So thanks for writing oh, me oh, out there, Adeline. Do you need to pick another one? Does she need to pick another one? I don't know what that is. It's it's the new Marvel movie that's in the theaters as we speak. Oh. So. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Have you already watched it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Did you like it? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, then the, we can do that or we can pick another one, but I think we need a movie night. Let's make it happen. All right, Adeline. Thanks for being on the podcast. Bye. Good job, sis. Bye. I love you. I'm glad to see you. <laughs> oh, that's fancy right there. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. You have a co-host. That was the first time you, she's co-hosted for you, I hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the, the most she's added to the podcast ever, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like that's going to end up on your story for some reason. Not that part. No, no, no. But there, the start of her... Um, is going to end up on my Instagram story. Okay. So for all of our listeners, I'm a good father who lets our kids watch appropriate movies for their age. Just a good, good father. Yes. They would say, yes, there's even songs about that. There's even songs about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, Annie, obviously we're starting with my kid because you have a, a kid book that came out. Um, yes. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thanks. It's really exciting. It's kind of like, one of the longer dreams of my career, mm-hmm. um, especially because, I mean, the first thing I ever wrote was a kid's picture book. Yeah. Back when I was in college, it was like an assignment for college. Really? In my early childhood classes, because I used to teach school. Yeah, it was in our literature class. And and so this is kind of the, the genre that I've dreamed of the longest, long before I dreamed up any of my really? other books I thought about writing kids' books. Yeah. I, in fact, you're going to love this. I remember my, uh, I, I was at Georgia for four years and graduated, and then I stayed and interned at our local campus ministry, the Wesley Foundation, the Methodist ministry at UGA. Hmm. And, and at the time, I was trying to figure out what to do next. And what I really wanted to do was go to grad school in children's literature, like get my master's in children's really? literature. And Georgia has one of like the best programs. And one day I saw... <laughs> You're gonna love this. One day, I saw the like the director of the program sitting on a bench, and mm-hmm. I walked up to her and I said, "Hi, my name is Annie Downs, and I just want to introduce myself because I am going to be in your program, and I am going to be one of your favorite students you've ever had." <laughs> and then I never did the program. <laughs> Uh, but wouldn't that have been a great story? Wasn't that like that's a great story? Like Goodwill hunting. It's like it's like Bob Goff when he begged to get into law school. Like he just sat outside. Except uh-huh. it would be like if he just showed up one time and then just left and then didn't come back. Yes. But it's the same story. I mean, it was so dramatic. It was so dramatic and so Annie, especially twenty two year old Annie. Like oh. I was so hardcore twenty two year old Annie. And then I didn't do it. But I went and taught school, so I taught school for five years. And so getting to write a kid's picture book, I mean I'm gonna mail one to her you at should, UGA. For sure. And just be like, well, I I didn't really like make it like per se, but, but uh, you did make I it didn't make like, it in your program, but I wrote a Book. But the end game of writing a children's book, like you're there, like you were. I, I yeah. could just imagine twenty two year old Annie, like with dreams of becoming, oh. l- like the villain in Elf. Like that's all a I imagine. Teacher. Like no, no, no. But like you want to be a children's <gasps> the book villain writer. in Elf? Who's the villain? I don't know. Like he, oh, he was yeah, a yeah, famous yeah, yeah. children's <laughs> book writer. That's the only one I know. I would assume. Yes, yes, yes. Yours yes, would yes, not yes. be like a villainous career as a children's book writer. But like that, like that's what you wanted. TBD. Yeah. TBD. We, we don't know. Uh, TBD about AFD. We can't know it, as my youngest yes, exactly. would say. <laughs> what, what else about 22-year-old oh, Annie are we missing out by not knowing? Like, I feel like there's certain things about 22-year-old oh, Annie. Man. What was like the, the biggest... I know. I wish we'd have been friends then. Oh, goodness. I, I wouldn't want you to know 22-year-old we Luke, even... Really? He had dreadlocks, <laughs> he? did. He? he did have dreadlocks. Yeah. Lindsay was starting her godly work of maturing me and bringing me to uh, like an acceptable level of humanity. <laughs> to completion. Yeah, she had like a year of work <laughs> She was raising in. you up in the way you should go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a year of work already in. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm still thinking about her saying donuts and thinking about when we ate all those donuts that time at y'all's house. When oh. We just got a oh. bunch of them and tried them all. Oh, it was so good. I don't know if there's an actual term for donut drunk, but if there hasn't been, there should be that because that's what that was. That was a lot. Also, Annie, you need that's to know something. We were. we were donut drunk. That this has never happened before, yeah. but like I'm in my living room and my family is just doing life around me while I record this podcast. Avery's just sit, sitting over here. She's running away. She's <gasps> Lindsay's doing. Hi, Avery. Yeah, oh, she can't I've hear got me, though, he- headphones she? on. So this is like a family affair, yeah. even though um, they're only here. That is exactly how I was. Wi- how I wish it was. I just wish I was sitting there as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, okay, children's book. You wrote it. This was a dream since you were a kid. Yeah. Kid twenty two. We'll call that yeah. a kid. And yeah. it's finally. Yeah, but I mean, every kid dreams of writing a kid's book, right? So it is so lifelong. Really? Um, I never. I like. I never I did. Think so. Um, Oh, okay. Maybe so. I yeah. I mean, I always dreamed of making a picture book. Do you want to? And then when I taught school, mm-hmm. I read them all the time. So it was kind of natural. Side note: Do you want to guess what kind of children's book I had when I was a kid that I read over and over again? It was about one specific thing. Sharks. Yep, one hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> so I guess maybe like a children's book was always there for me, like about a shark. I, I yeah. To be honest, yeah. I have thought about writing a children's book uh, about sharks being misunderstood, and I. I think you should. Yeah. That's a great idea. Like the misunderstood shark. What's your main shark's name? Oh my gosh, Leonard, the misunderstood shark. <laughs> I love it. Leonard the mis- Can we? Can Let's make Leonard. it happen You can name him something else I'm just trying to think of a name that feels like is non-violent no. Altogether non-violent My dad's And it's Leonard yeah. Leonard is non-violent My grandpa, his name, we, he was known as Leo We could call him Leo the Misunderstood Shark Because my grandpa was very kind and gentle Yeah, but Leo's kind of a lion name, <gasps> isn't it? Yeah, okay, let's, let's do Leonard instead Or uh, But Leonard is very free Or what else? I don't know, like uh, Travis. Nah, Travis is usually kind of like yeah. interesting and sexy. So we yeah. don't we, we don't need that for my childhood shark. best friend was named Travis. Yeah, he's interesting and sexy. That's what I always told him all the time. Just man, <laughs> interesting and sexy. That's what I told Travis Gray all the time. Shout out Travis Gray. Um, <laughs> that's nice that your friends listen to your podcast. Yeah, I no, don't know that mine do. No, let's be honest. This is this is the closest my wife has come to listen to the podcast right now, sitting next to me while I record it. <laughs> Oh, she's sitting there. I'm so sad she can't hear me. Yeah, yeah. She's she's just sitting there doing work right next to me. But okay, so I, I should so write the, the shark one. But you uh, you thought about it for a long time, and yeah. finally now, uh oh, uh oh, we got another one. Hey, Audrey. Hi. Oh, a guest a guest interviewer. <gasps> what did you, Audrey Podgy? What did you think of uh, the book? What I liked did, it. What was your favorite part of Annie's book? Oh, hi. Do you have any part that you liked the most? I liked the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay. Ugh. She she described Tell her a lot I feel of stuff. The same about her. She feels the same about you. She said in her book she described a lot of things that sounded fun, like going to the park and doing cartwheels and going to church. Any of those that sounded the most fun to you? Hmm. I like doing cartwheels. Cartwheels. Yep. Yep. Cartwheels. Right. Cartwheels. It is. Right. All right. Well. Oh, I'm so glad to see her. Yeah, she's gonna sit here, I guess, and just. She's growing up. Like she's growing up. She's at that age where their like faces start changing. Yeah, it is kind of terrifying that she's like all growing up and everything yeah. um oh, you look at her yeah she she's just happy to be here um okay i got some questions she's happy to be here so uh okay that sounds fun which is uh it's kind of like your catchphrase do we call it that like your catch like that's your thing yeah sure I, are you gonna be able to focus with audrey just sitting in the background making cute faces at you i just want to wave at her Hi. yeah See the dimples. Wow, she looks so much like Avery. She's just starting to look more and more like Avery. Yeah. Um, yes, I will focus, but I will look at her and not you. But you ask me the questions, but I'm going to look at her. Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, that sounds fun. Fun yeah. is like your thing. Um, yes. Yeah. How would you compare fun and joy? Joy is a, like a word that like you get That's a lot a really in the Bible. Like it's all all up in there. Yeah. Fun and joy. Yeah. W- would you say the same thing? Different things. How, how would you compare and contrast fun and joy? Yeah, joy is something that we are encouraged scripturally to feel no matter what our circumstances are, yep. or to experience no matter what our circumstances mm-hmm. are. So I tend to think of fun as the action and joy as the emotion, right? So fun is mm-hmm. the thing you do and more than the thing you feel. 
And because you don't often hear people say that felt really fun. You're like, well, no, they don't really say that. They say hmm. it was it was fun. Exactly. And and so so when you're thinking about like trying, I, I when I talk to people about this a lot, I'll say, when when you're trying to pursue fun, sorry, when you're trying to pursue joy, if you want more joy in your life, one of the ways to do that is to go have fun. So like, yeah. if you want your car to drive, you need to start it. Right. Or if you want to bake bread, you need to turn the oven on. There's a lot of other things you need to do, but you got to turn the oven on. And I think that's a little bit about fun. Like when you're when you're hurting or grieving or when you're worried, if you can go on a walk outside, if you can work on a craft you love, if you can bake something, if you can do one fun thing, it will kind of start you on the path toward the more joy you're looking for. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. It seems that like one of the characters. What would you say? Well, um, Okay, so I would say like joy is to is to be like the the constant like presence that exists yes. uh, regardless of circumstances, and fun is kind of like yes. the like the peaks and those things that are the things that um, it's not consistent. Like fun isn't always consistent with your reality. Joy can be consistent right. with your reality, but fun is that's right. It's like the things that are not they're not always there, but. So I, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and we're talking about hobbies. And obviously, in the adult version of that sounds fun. Like you talked about, like having the, um, yes, like an amateur mentality, like being being comfortable being yep. an amateur, like trying yep. something new. Like we need to do these things. Yep. And, and I think once you yep. you can be an amateur, you try things. Um, what you can find is something that's fun. Are the things that help you kind of like lose yourself into them and you're not like occupied wow. with everything else in life so i think like like these fun activities to have are the things that give you the, like that zen thing that allows you to be like fully present in those moments does that make sense 100 percent, luke yeah i think that's exactly right i think that's why they go hand in hand and and it is it's super important i mean i consider fun a discipline yep. that we and you and i as as people who identify as enneagram sevens most closely related to that number of the others uh we kind of honestly come by this a little more naturally, just like fours come by depth a little more naturally. And being and sad. eights come by leadership a little more. And bossiness. And, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So everybody kind of has a lean toward. But mm. the reason it's important for you and I to talk about fun and to teach people the discipline is because that isn't natural for other people. Yep. And so it isn't, whereas you and I probably fall into it a little bit more easily, there is actually a, a system and a pattern to inviting fun into your life. Just like with a an Enneagram six who's maybe more thoughtful about safety and and steps to do something well, they need to teach me that because yeah. I want to be a more whole person. And so that's why that's one of the gifts we offer the world. And so both in that sounds fun and in what sounds fun to you, my hope is that we're kind of like training some people on how to identify fun and invite fun in in a way that is uh, natural to them. The activity is natural to them. The process is not as natural as it is for you and me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you and I can like come up with 19 fun things right now. If we said, okay, tell me, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it now because I'm I'm, there's a friend of mine who's coming off of tour next week and, I'm, and I want to have fun with my friend. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, here's my list of all of our options. I can come up with, in a minute, I can come up with 20 things. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. so that's... And but but that's not not everyone can do that, and so we get to teach people how to do that. Yeah, and that's the, that's the gift that we can give to the world is to help help people see right. that. And I like that's the way right. you talk about it like as a discipline because if you if you don't schedule it, if you don't plan it, like you're, you're not going to keep it. In the same way that like right. the, the relationships you right. keep are the relationships you keep on your calendar. Like the, the people that like you intentionally keep them wow. showing up, like those are the relationships you're going to keep in the same way that fun is yeah. a discipline to, to find yourself enjoying like the beauty of being a created human being and, and like the fun mm-hmm. of like sight and flavor and taste and like the tactile yeah. experiences of life. Like those things you have to put on your calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the relationships you keep or the relationships you keep on your calendar is really convicting. That's really interesting. Well, it, I mean, I would like to say it's true. Like I made it up. I think it's true. Like it sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah I think you, I think it's like yeah. I think you're right. I mean, it's, I'm I'm like writing it down. That's like memorable <laughs> to me to think about. The it is just because I think I don't know that we pro. I don't know that I. I can't speak for anybody else. I don't know that I process that thoughtfully about my relationships. But you're right. The ones that feel like. Uh, 
I can't keep up with in Nashville are the ones that I don't put on my calendar. Yeah. No. And like I say that, I feel convicted because there's some relationships, like for example, Travis Gray, who's listening to this podcast right now and he goes, man, you, you said I was sexy. I appreciated uh-huh, uh-huh. that. But like, interesting I, and sexy. I Travis haven't Gray. like, I haven't uh, like kept up with that friendship, but there's only like so many you can do, but there are certain relationships that you know. That's right. It's that you, you what gotta, is it? 150 that we can keep up. Yeah. Like uh, didn't Eugene Peterson, like build the idea of like the size of a church around the concept that you can only have so many in, like actual relationships. Yeah. I mean that, that makes sense. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to like fun and hobbies and and like um, these disciplines, like you got to put them on your calendar or they're not going to. The thing about life, like life just like sucks away like your schedule. And if you don't fight for certain things, it's not going to stay there. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was Um, just thinking a similar thing. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. Keep going. What were you remembering? You're just thinking. I was thinking a similar thing this very day as I was driving into work because I've had like three different things, three different segments of my life today, you know, like I haven't had a normal being at work all day kind of day. And as I was driving in today at 3.30, where you and I are talking at four, as I was driving in at 3.30, I was like, man, today has gone really slow because I've had three totally different days. You know, but they've been three really intentional different segments of my day. And I thought, I wonder if that's the difference when you're in one place all day, the day tends to go, the day gets sucked up faster because you're in one place doing one thing all day. Do you experience that or is it the other way for you? Does it go faster if you go to multiple places? (sighs) Interesting. I I like to have like different spaces that I'm going to occupy. And maybe that's the seven in me. Yeah. That. Yeah. like there are certain things I want to check off my to-do list each day that require me in different uh-huh. spaces and locations. So maybe if I was just the same place all day, I would just feel trapped and I couldn't survive. Yeah. Oh, couldn't survive. No, I couldn't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the dramatic Emmy today goes to <laughs> Mr. Luke A. Norsworthy. <laughs> well, he's pulling the middle initial now. Well, uh, like I can't accept this award by myself. Well, I want everybody to find you on Instagram. I want them to find you on Instagram easily. Thank you. Well, thanks. Instagram didn't give me my. Someone else has my my name on Instagram, and I'm still mad about that. But it's so um, annoying and annoys me for it you. Is. It is. But welcome okay, to the we, middle middle initial club. Yeah, except like your name is like concise and short, and uh, mine is a long last name. Anyway, uh, that's I'm, <laughs> my wife has complained about my last name for years. I'm like, it's it's kind of our last name. You can't really change at this point. You know what you're getting into, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's shaking her head at me. It's this a choice is, we make. It is a choice we is. make as the women of the world. Do we take that new last name or not? Yeah, I mean, it's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, I was reading a children's book. Yes. So you thought about children's books since you were young. So like you've, you wanted yeah. to do this for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wrote this. Like, no one else wrote this kid's book. I wrote it. it yeah, I mean, if people really like, oh, that's obviously Annie writing that. Like, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's clearly okay. you. Uh So you've written about stuff that are struggles for you, things that you like. I, yeah. I think it was like remembering God. You talked about like, hey, I, I really wanted to make the list for New York Times best, and and you did, which like we're all happy yeah. for you, and uh, like we feel like we're part of it. like congratulations. But we like we support you. Yeah, and we got thanks. that. That was me fist bumping you through the camera. Um, there Thank are other you. stuff that you've written about that I think I like. I've had friends of mine say, hey, I really connect to Annie because she's so vulnerable about stuff that are other struggles of hers and things that you've written about with maybe like, I would kind of like you to fill in the blank here. Like, ideally you'd like to... Not being married yet. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like my response was like the wrong one right there. Yeah, that's it. Congratulations. you're one of my best friends on the planet. You can talk about this. I know, but it's just like, (laughs) I, I did a podcast yesterday and someone's like, saying a phrase I'm like I know you're comfortable saying that I don't feel comfortable saying that um, and so maybe I'm just gunshot uh, from that okay but obviously you've written okay. about like that in your ideal world yeah. there would be a different marital status and possibly like yeah. having kids would be something that you would like um, when you're writing sure. a kid's book it, it seems to me like this might be an area that um, like has some complications or struggles because of like this is something that yeah. you would like to do Right? Can you just jump in and start talking? I yes. I want to stop talking. Yeah, for sure. Let me re- let me ask myself the question you're asking. <laughs> what is it like to write a book for kids when you haven't gotten to have kids yet? Yeah, that's that's how I would directly say it, which I couldn't do right Great. now. Okay. Appreciate I appreciate you you handled that very tenderly because you love me and I appreciate that. That's um, exactly you know, what that for was. For me, 
It's true. It's true. For me, it. Um, I feel very lucky because, for example, your kids love me, and I love them. I have a. I have a lot of kids in my life that are not my kids. And and I feel really loved and seen and cared for by them. It is a, it is a genuine gift from God that I have kids, a lot of kids in my life who care about me. And, and particularly here in Nashville, we have a little village of families. There's five families and me. And in those five families, there's eleven kids. Four. Let me get four, three, two, three, two. What is that? Four, three is seven. Two is nine. Three, two is five. Fourteen. So there's fourteen kids and and eleven adults. And those kids do not look at me any differently than they look at the uh, that the parents of the other kids. They don't look at me the same as they look at their own parents, but they don't look yeah. at me any differently than they look at yeah. any other adult in our village. And because the parents have been really active of putting me in that role of like. Annie is part of this with us. Like when we COVID pod, she's with us. And when we do Halloween, she's with us. And when we go out to dinner, she's with us. And, and so I think because of that, Luke, it makes the thing I don't have uh, a little bit easier because I do have a version of that that is very different than what I would have imagined. And, and so, and at this point I'm 41 and and so maybe a decade ago this would have been a little more painful uh but now i you know now the the decision of having kids and the choice of having kids and where that fits in my life is just different decision than when i was 20 or when i was 30. yeah and and so that factors into it as well right because you are my peer my peers all have elementary age kids and a handful of my peers have um kids they're empty nesters john John Tyson, who we both know and love, John Tyson's an empty nester and he's three years older than me or something. Ugh. Right. And so it, it's just a different, um, it's a different place for me to write this now than it would have been a decade ago. Uh, and I'm the thing I feel the most is I'm so thankful that I can picture a lot of friends like your girls reading this book and going like, I know her and she wrote this for me. And, yeah. and so that, that feels really special to me. Yeah. It seems like that's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be a community for people. Yeah. And that creates a different kind of interaction that it's not uh, single people and married people and people with just middle schoolers and people with just high schoolers and just empty nesters and grandparents. But it's that like that that we form this new kind of community that is a family. Like the church uses that language of like the familial language all the time. And like, it's, it's, it's great to hear that that has been your experience and, uh, and I think an important thing for us to say is that is not just the responsibility of the families. That's the responsibility of the single person, too. How so? It's a lot of communication that needs to go on between both because because single people need to. A lot of families assume. I don't know that she or he would want to come over for dinner because the kids are wild and we eat at 530 and and, I, you know. So if the family assumes a single person don't want to be there, and if a single person assumes a family doesn't want them there, they never get together. And so one of the, so it's a, it's a conversation from both sides. It's the single person saying, Hey, if there's a night this week when I can come over and eat dinner with y'all, I would love to. And it's a family saying, Hey, I don't know if you want to do this, but on Saturday morning, we have a soccer game and then we're going to go eat donuts if you want to come. And everybody be, just being very open and communicative between each other. I've had to say, to my village of friends like hey when y'all go on vacation will you invite me mm-hmm. because otherwise I don't get to vacation and I don't get to see your kids uh, playing in, at the beach you know yep. and so and so I had to say that and that was vulnerable for me and they didn't realize I even wanted to they were like you would want to stay in a house with all these children why and I said no I didn't say I'd stay with you I just said I'd go to the <laughs> beach like <laughs> Didn't say I was going to be in that house, but you know, so I, so I, I think it's important for our friends listening, especially our friends who are church people that as you're building this multi-generational and multi-life place community, it is not one party's responsibility to make it work. It's everybody's party, everybody's responsibility to make it work. And so your recommendation would be, let's just communicate. Let's have vulnerable conversations that sometimes might feel uncomfortable or people don't know what to say, but just to talk about it is a place to start. 
Yeah, totally. Say what you want and say, because other, the other option is when you get married and have kids, you stop being friends with your single people. Yeah. And like, that doesn't feel fun. Like if I couldn't be friends with you and Lindsay, just cause y'all were married with kids, what a, what a huge loss for my life to not know your girls and to not know y'all. And so, so there has to be a change in relationship as there's a change in relationships yep. and you both sides need to communicate that really well. It, it's almost like, Hi, we, yeah, Audrey's now back in the, this is seriously the most family friendly podcast I've ever had. Uh, I'm so happy about it. Both in the fact that my kids are here and also that the guest is using family appropriate language, which I can't say for all of my guests. So far. Uh, that is a good point. TBD. Yeah. Well, TBD, a- was, TBD on AFD. Yeah. Yeah, that is okay. Um, I couldn't come up with another whatever abbreviation. Um, but it's communication. Like we have to communicate. We have to talk to each other. And that, mm-hmm. that requires vulnerability and putting yourself out there, which isn't always something that, right. that, uh, that comes very naturally. It, do you feel like it's easier for single women than for single men? Hmm. Well, obviously, there's no song about all the single men. Because you have both in your life. Yeah. I mean, Destiny's Child has a song about all the single women, so there's that that single women have going for them. Uh, fun to the pods, but Michelle I mean, there Williams. are single yeah. men in your family's lives, and there are single women in your family's lives. And I've always wondered if it's a little bit easier for single women in the church to plug into family life than it is for single men in the church to plug into family life. Yeah, I mean, there's some gender stereotypes about women probably being more comfortable with little kids uh, at this stage of life. For us, maybe that's part of it. Uh, It's more normal. And if you've got a single guy who's hanging around kids, usually like red flags go off. Whereas if it's a single woman, those don't. Fairly, most of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's not, I I, I don't, I don't know if it's fair or not. Maybe, but uh, maybe whatever. Um, Yeah, who knows? But it. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. What what do you think? I mean, you obviously have... And I wonder if that's part of, well, no, I'm thinking this is you and me having a real conversation for the first time about this. I think that might be part of, you know, there's a conversation a lot about uh, how many there there feel like and seem to be and statistically proven there are more single women in the church than single men. But I wonder if part of that is that single men don't feel as uh, as welcomed into a family feeling as single women often do because single women can be babysitters, single women can work and will work in the nursery. Yeah, you know, there's just a lot more. I mean, our college, my college church was full of families that we all babysat for. Yeah. It, I mean, and so all those kids knew all of us. All those families knew all the women. Statistically, there's like... We should wh- process things on a podcast. But. Yeah, no, it's good. But statistically, like, church has always been... Well, not always. Church, as I know it, has been more... Uh, like higher percentage of women than men. And so you, it would, on the one hand, like make sense there'd be more women than men. But... Uh-huh. Yeah, but I do think it's kind of more conducive for that. I mean, I, 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 yeah, like I wonder I, if church is just easier for single women. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Like, that's like that's not ideal. I mean, I, I think we could devolve. Let's phone a friend. Let's call, let's call Jason Miller or somebody. Let's phone. Do you have yeah. a single guys in Austin we can call? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's ask somebody. I'm so interested in we, this now. You could call and ask The Bachelor. Well, he's about to get married, but like you could... Uh, um, I, I think there's some like antiquated stereotypes about men and women that we could easily devolve into, which I don't know if they're always going to be best for this conversation and just assume like, sure that, you know, women are more relational than men and, you know, like men don't like spirituality and Christianity, but, um, I, I mean, there's obviously something happening that I don't know. And, uh, huh. I don't want Mark Driscoll to be the only it's one. Fascinating. Yeah, to have the answer for how men need to be more spiritual in jeez. church. Yeah. Jeez, speaking, jeez, jeez. Speaking yeah, of, that's not. Yeah, let's not. That's do. not our. Yeah, that's. <laughs> let's not. Let's not do that. Um, wow. Okay, let's change the subject here. Um, okay. Writing about. You can cut all that out if you hate it. I'm just processing it with you. <gasps> no, I mean, do you oh, read it, Aji. Read it, girl. I just she can't hear you, but she definitely is reading it right oh, now. Yeah, no. I don't know if she's just like cheesing for the camera because you're here and she's showing off. Uh, <laughs> what she's doing but she's just sitting here she's never been wanted to be on a podcast before um because the people that are normally on it i don't i have no idea who they are you don't she actually sat right but this time you do know who they are actually this time you know who it one is one time she sat next to me while i was talking to tom Wright, and 
she didn't want to oh, she didn't want to talk s- to Uncle Tom. That's very cool. Yeah, she didn't want to do that. <laughs> but Uncle Aunt Annie gets a different treatment. Um, okay, when you're writing kids book, when you're writing to kids, you've been doing the mini BFS for uh, like forever now. What has it taught you about Jesus' phrase about uh, if you're going to come to me, you got to have uh, the faith of a child or childlike faith? Have you learned anything about that yeah. through this experience? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the more I draw on the mini BFF book club, you know, is me on one side of the phone reading a book out loud to kids. And when we started, we started during the pandemic because I wanted to read aloud to my friends. And we actually did it every night for a couple of months yeah. in mid 2020. I was tired when everybody was really you. locked down across the yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. And I had to borrow books from all sorts of people. And I mean, I was like buying a bunch of books on Amazon and going through all the ones I had kept from my classroom library when I taught fourth and fifth grade. I had kept about maybe 20 picture books for my own personal library that meant a lot to me. And so anyway, uh, I, what has happened as we've done mini BFF book club is kids will mail us things. And kids will come, like, I, I, when I did a tour in June, when That Sounds Fun went on the road in June, and one of the churches, one of the staff families knows, like, one of their little boys was a, um, is part of Mini BFF Book Club, so he listens to me every week. I mean, Luke, he just came running down the hall when he knew I was there. And so there's moments like that where you just go, like, man, Jesus made everything so simple. Like we could just run toward the people that we love. Mm-hmm. Like we can just run toward the people that we love. And and kids are teaching us things all the time about how, how much more simple life could be. I think that's why they love talking about fun, why kids love fun, is because it's just really simple. And And so that's probably my biggest takeaway about how Jesus feels about kids. But also, Luke, when people ask me, you know, an interview question I've done a lot this year has been, do you think Jesus was fun? Because (laughs) the Bible doesn't really talk about him being like the party guy. Exactly. Except it does because he changed water into wine wine in Cana and like made that party go off the chain. Yes. And then because he made like 700 bottles of wine, Luke. That's a lot. 700. Yes. It's a lot. And then then he's going to dinner parties all the time. But the thing I say to people a lot is look how much kids loved being around him. Kids do not like people who are not fun. Like Audrey just said it, right? Like she doesn't sit around for all your podcasts. She sits around for the people that she knows and loves that are fun. Mm -hmm. Like me and Tom Wright. (laughs) And so I think that I think. That is such a reminder to me that we are all made in the image of God and being fun and bringing fun to kids is a way to spread the gospel, to move the gospel forward, to show people Jesus, even if you aren't telling him about yeah. telling them about him. And also like the the joy that they can teach us and the way that they can teach oh, us to have man, fun. Right. And it's almost like there's a, like there's a full circle thing. Like when Jesus is saying, Hey, look at these kids, they have something to teach you. Like he was right. Like th- there is something that we can learn from it. Yeah. And there are ha- countless times where I'm with my kids and uh, unfortunately, like I'll be in the car and they'll say, dad, stop preaching. Dad, stop talking to yourself. That's weird. Cause like I'll be working through ideas in my head. Are you just practicing? I'm practicing. Sometimes I'm upset at someone and I'm rehashing an argument. Most of the time it's like I'm working on a sermon though. And they're reminding me like, hey, just stay here. Be present. You don't need to go somewhere else. There's something joyful right here and right wow. now that you can focus on. Yeah. 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 I just think it's one of the reasons I hope our friends listening, no matter whether you have them yourself or there's someone else's kids that you have kids in your life. I think it's just important, whether it's nieces or nephews or cousins or your friend's kids or your own kids, there's just a lot to be learned from listening to kids. I mean, that you, I can tell you exactly why kids like me. Kids like me because I listen to them like they're telling me a story like they're grownups. I think they have very important things to say. And so they believe me when I tell, like, when I say I want to hear a story from them, they believe me. And so they like me because I listen. And, and I think there's just a lot to learn from listening to children. One of my kids years ago said, we like Annie because she's not like a real adult. <laughs> that's probably true. I respect that. Yeah, no, I think that's a compliment. I think that's good. She's not like a real adult. Yeah. That is, that is like a very high compliment. I love that. I mean, I think... Because here's what's true is if your kids love me when they're five, 
then if I've if we all do our work, if I do my work, if I if y'all don't delete my phone number, they'll trust me when they're fifteen. Yeah. And they'll call me when they're fifteen and they'll invite me to their wedding when they're twenty one. And they'll Eight, whatever. <laughs> just kidding, Church of Christ joke. <laughs> that is that, that is very true. because uh, I did get married when I'm twenty one, so uh, that's a trigger. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh-huh. as Audrey's taking She's turned this around so she can hear better. Um, Haji. No, the, oh, good. Yes, you need to be able of, to hear me, sister. A lot of the research is showing that the kids that stay in church and stay connected to faith are those, not just the ones who have yeah. uh, relationships with their peers, but it's having five intergenerational relationships. That it's people, wow. other like adults, basically, that they're connected to, and those are the people who are staying in faith. And I think there's something to that. Like You, you invest in them, and like you're saying... I think part of the experience of what church is trying to do with kids, it's not too uh, different from what McDonald's try to do with Happy Meals, is we're trying to say, this is a uh-huh. safe, good place Keep for going. you to be. We give you Happy Meals because we're trying to make customers for life. That's what McDonald's did with Happy yeah. Meals, because they said, we, we care about you, y- you matter here. What I want my like kids at our church to leave church going is, y- you don't remember what I say, y- you remember how we made you feel, and what we want you to feel yeah. is that we care about you and that this is a place you're unplugging me, Audrey. Um, oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> that this is a place where you matter and that we care about you. And so w- when they're 15 and they have Aunt Annie's in their life who've invested in the relationship, yeah. they know this person cares about me and there's right. love here and this matters and it's important. That's right. I love that stat. Five, five people it, multi-generationally investing in a kid keeps them close to the church. Yes, yeah. That um, is for sure true for me, Luke. I mean, that is for sure true for me. I can think of I can think of probably five or six grown-ups and teenagers when I was a kid who 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 were let me be their friend. Even though, you know, like one of one of my friends' moms, we always we, the phrase we used in it when we all lived in Atlanta was multi-generational buddom. Like we were buds with people in lots of generations and we like went on trips. Like we went on trips and it was like our moms and us and college kids in the middle. And it was really, really fun. And, and so that, that is such an interesting stat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you remember the stuff of people who invested in you and that, I mean, you can't take that away. Um, Let me tell you something else. She's living up that lollipop. Get it, girl. Is it a Tootsie Roll pop? It's a. What's the it's flavor? It's a blow pop. It's, I think it's a it, blow pop? You got bubble gum coming in the middle? What flavor yeah, is it? What flavor is it? Grape. Grape? Yeah, that's a good choice. Ooh, Grape's a success. solid choice. That's delicious, yeah. Okay, Jesus it. also talked about confession. And uh, okay. I need to confess something to you that. Uh, oh, boy. For years, I've told you that. Soccer is less than uh, respected, in my personal opinion, and some yes, things have, have changed. Yes, you have told me that for actual I, years. I have my Austin FC hat right <gasps> here next to me. It is. Oh, you're in Austin have, FC. It's a. They're great. I like. I'm not watching like on TV, but I've gone a couple sure. times and I've really found myself <gasps> enjoying it. And I would like to say. And you know, Austin Ted FC La- and Nashville SC are the exact same age. We are. We both entered the MLS this year. Your team and my team. We're just babies together. Um, I would like to say that that Ted Lasso is like the gateway drug to soccer fandom. It is. It is. I'm very thankful for it. In fact, I was really tickled at watching season two because there were like three episodes in a row where there was no soccer. And I was like, they are not making us watch a lot of soccer in this particular yeah. soccer show right now. Yeah. Which, what about Ted Lasso has made you love soccer? Well, I think Ted Lasso is a far more foul-mouthed uh, Mr. Rogers for our age and our generation. We, we need someone who's positive, who's kind, who's yeah. like gentle, and that seems to be the antithesis of most of the stories that we're watching. And it's nice just to have something right, that, right. Uh, w- while it uh, is not going to be a n- uh, like normal network TV, it still has like a positive, kind message. Yes, yes. What and do you think? I, What's I, your take I, on it? I, of course, I love that show. Who's my favorite? Is that what you asked? Who, wait, so you just cut out. Who's your favorite? Uh, my very favorite is, I mean, Roy Kent. Who doesn't love yes. Roy Kent? You know, he's just a, he's just a 
He's an M&M. He's got a tough candy shell, but he's soft on the inside. He's just a sweet dude. Um, I really like Roy Kent. I really like um, the captain of the soccer team. I can't think of his name, but I like how he leads the one who yeah. gives haircuts. Yep, I, I like respect him. that a lot. So, And I like May, who runs the local pub. Who? It's hard to... N- to not like someone other than the people that are like obviously villains now um no spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen season two yet um but that was an interesting switch though wasn't it it was really it it makes for a great season three uh the story that's being set up yes okay spoiler alert we're gonna spoil season two right here um to see how because like they know now like we're going to talk about the end of season two right now so if you don't listen to this fast forward for two minutes but to see how someone's father wound could lead to all of this because i think a lot of the way what what is the assistant coach's name um beard i think he's actually the actor no no no, not beard but not uh roy but uh yeah nate i think he's really like adam muhammad might be the actor's name but Maybe I don't he know. has like this deep father wound, and I think he's projecting this onto uh, Ted that yes. he's like thinking yes. Ted's not loving him, not there for him, like doesn't appreciate him, and like you you see how he breaks bad, which is saddening. But mm. anyway, yeah, yeah, it's the interesting thing about bad? him. Yeah, I, I think he. Well, I think some of it is Ted's leadership did take a little bit of a turn. I don't think it was as severe as Nate responded, but I do think Ted, I think Nate expected to be the golden boy forever and was bothered when Roy came back and was an assistant yeah. coach with him more than he expressed as it happened. Um, I think I, I think the real interesting turning point, and I'm experiencing this in a very different way that I'll tell you about, is um, is when he started listening to Twitter talk about how great he is. It, it really shifted yep. his own mindset. Yep. And I found myself last night, I had to, at about 11.30, I had to Marco Polo, my mentor, and be like, we have to talk about me putting the phone down when earlier in my night, because the only thing that happens after about 10 o'clock is I scroll and my brain spins out. And I start thinking things that aren't true and I start caring about stuff I shouldn't care about. And and it is like there's nothing healthy that happens for me on my phone after 10 p.m. And and it's yep. not it's not Nate's experience. I'm not reading about me at all. I'm just like <laughs> watching things on TikTok or, well, you know, like I'm just wasting my life when I could be reading books or sleeping. Right. And so I, I, yep. I, I recognize in me that when I spend extended time on my phone, I also become a less uh, palatable version of myself, which is yep. what's happened with Nate. Yeah, no, that's good. Even the way that he was wanting to distance himself from Ted in his couture where that suit that Ted got him, which obviously is a real yeah. sweet kind of thing. And then like, no, 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 it's my own suit. And then he's trying to like dress different. I think you're right. Like he's reading his own yeah. press clippings and that changed who he was. Yes. And yeah, he, that's right. And it, and it, and it made him stop respecting the system that got him where he is. And so now he has jumped to a different system. And he thinks he has found a... This is what we all think, Luke. Nate thinks, I'm going to leave the place that hurts me and go somewhere else and it will not hurt me. But the truth is, you're still you. So you're going to take your father wound or you're going to take the rejection that you feel. You're going to take all the things that are in you into the very next place. And there will be a honeymoon period and then there won't be. And I bet we see that play out in season three. Yeah, no, that's of course. I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with uh, uh, kind of big brother of in the faith of mine, and we're talking about this guy that we both know, and he's bounced over twenty years from church to church to church, and he writes about I just yeah. I can't I just can't find the right church, and you go hmm, what is consistent in all these churches that didn't work out with you? Hmm, it's you. Like you're taking that wound from place to place yeah. to place and never addressing right. why you're wanting to leave and go exactly to place right. to place to place. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and so we, the joy of someone asked me today, what, what's so fun about writing a kid's book that is fiction ish. I mean, it's not fiction, but it's not nonfiction, you know? 
And I yeah. and they said, what's the power of story? And I said, well, if any kid can open what sounds fun to you and see a kid that looks like them and see mm-hmm. a thing that they think is fun, if you can see yourself in a story, you'll pay attention to the story. Yep. And so if we see ourselves in Nate, then we will pay attention to the story. And, and I do see myself in Nate. I see. Yep. I hope I see myself in Ted Lasso sometimes, but mostly I am pinged by how I see myself in Nate. Yep. No, that's... Those are the stories that we relate to the most. I mean, that's we, we all want to be Ted Lasso. Yes. Um, but we are far more probably like Nate than we want to admit. Yeah. Well, no, sadly, I mean, I, I am. You're, like, you're more Ted than I am. Uh, I don't know about that. But Lasso, like, r- running away from his paint, like, he seems like he's got to be a seven. Like, the way that he's, you know. Yeah. A lot of people say he's a seven, but a lot of people also say that football is life guy is a seven. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I went to, yeah. uh, but, but one of my, uh, my, uh, buddies saw that I went to a soccer match and I show up at uh, jujitsu afterwards and he goes, jujitsu is bio. And I was like, I, first of all, I don't know Spanish, but I think bio <laughs> means life. Um, but, uh, anyway, no, I love that guy. He's great. great. Okay. Annie, congrats on the book. Um, it's out. Thank I'm going to put this you. out it, next Tuesday. It comes out, right? The, yeah, it comes out the 19th. Okay, so I'll have this will be out the day before. Uh, go get a copy of this. Uh, Audrey, what would you tell anyone who's thinking about getting this book? Do you think they should or not? They should. They should. Okay, well, that's it. You heard it from Audrey. Um, can you read the title? No better person what to ask than a kid. sounds fun to you? That's good. <gasps> who's the author of that book? You. Do you see it at the bottom? What does it say at the bottom? You. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What does that say? Right there. <laughs> that's exactly. Annie. Yep, it says Annie. That's right. You're right. Aji, do you see a kid, when you've looked through the book, do you see a little girl that looks like you, kind of? Did you see one that made you think of you? Any of them look like you, Aji? Mm-hmm. Which? I can think of one that I think kind of looks like Aji. Okay. Do you know what page it's on? But I want you to look first and see. Yeah, this is good. She's looking. That one, the ice skating one with the pink polka dots. Oh yeah, you let you think the ice skating girl looks like you. That's a great answer. That totally the one with the um the top knot. The top knot, yeah. Yep. This one. Yeah, that totally looks like you. Yep. That's a great answer. I also think there's one in on the page that is the carnival. There's a little girl with a ponytail in the. In the roller coaster that I think kind of looks like Aji. Uh, ponytail right there? With that purple shirt? Yeah. If your hair is in a pony, would that be you? Yeah, I just think that kind of looks like Did her. Did that look like you? You don't think pony. so. Do you like that one? <laughs> no. She says you no. You don't think so, no. You're the ice skating girl. Okay, ice skating girl with the top knot. That's you, girl. Mm-hmm. What about that? Like you? I like that. The pink? Not you? Okay. Hair color. Doesn't have a hair color. Okay, well, the other suggestion I had didn't oh, work sorry, either. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, truth is, I guess if you probably look the most like me. Yeah. Yeah. We're twinsies. It kind of. Yeah, it, that's who it is. That's you on the cover. Then it looks more like you. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It is supposed to be me. It is a little Annie. She's younger than Annie. Just a couple of years, but that is that's supposed to be her. Just a little bit. Yep. All right, Annie. Congrats again. Um, we're happy for you. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Well done. Thanks for having me on. That's really kind of you. I love getting to talk with you. So, recorded or not recorded, it always makes me happy. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto.